now I'll cook on the veg, but I just buy the cooked chicken. Sometimes like a whole rotisserie chicken and then just bake it up and give it to him. But no, I don't know if, because I don't eat meat, so I don't know if it's because I, I didn't know how to cook the chicken properly or something. Welcome to Dog Cancer Answers, where we help you help your dog with cancer. Hello, friend. Today on Dog Cancer Answers, we're here with one of our favorite features, a true tale. This is the true tale of Buddy, the English bulldog, who was diagnosed with hemangiosarcoma in May of 2021 and is still here with us in early 2023. His owner, Laura, is joining us to share Buddy's story, what treatments they tried, and how he's doing today. Laura Gillespie, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about Buddy and his amazing true tale. The survival story, as you <laughs> called it, when you first contacted us about Buddy. Yeah, pleasure. So, Laura, tell me a little bit about Buddy. Buddy is mushy-faced English bulldog. <laughs> he is six, going on seven. He is absolutely wild. He actually has two personalities. There is the buddy who lies on the couch and you can't get him up. You could never get him off the couch if he doesn't want to move. <laughs> that same buddy would lie in bed until one o'clock in the afternoon if you didn't get him up and drag him outside. Like he is just <laughs> Even if he has to pee, oh, no. he's like, I'm not getting up to I'm pee. I'm like, I wonder sometimes if I didn't make you move. Would you hold it in all day? <laughs> like, I think <laughs> he just, he's so lazy. But then there's the other side of Buddy who is absolutely wild. If someone comes into the house, he is running to his, his toy collection, bringing you all his toys. He's jumping up on people, knocking them over because he's so heavy. <laughs> um, he's sprinting around the, around the house, chasing our mother dog. Yeah, so Buddy is crazy and lazy at the same time. Crazy and lazy. Oh. And very cuddly. He's so cuddly. Oh, that is so nice. <laughs> that is so nice when a dog is cuddly. Oh, it's great. Doesn't it just make you feel like the most special person in the world? Yeah. Sometimes he doesn't come to you voluntarily for a cuddle. Like you'll might sit at the end of the couch, but I do this thing where I, like I flip him and then he'll just give in. So you flip if he's sitting on the ends of the couch, like I'll sweep my hands under and flip him backwards so that he's lying on top of me with his legs in the ear and he'll just start to snore with all four legs oh, in the ear and he just gives it oh, and it's so funny <laughs> and he loves it <laughs> yeah he's so cuddly oh, he sounds like just a wonderful dog yeah with that distinct personality all dogs really are their own person right yeah so when did you first notice that something was going on with buddy so it was kind of april 2021 uh-huh um, Buddy, he was acting strange. He was kind of unwell on and off. We'd taken him to the vet a couple of times because he wouldn't eat anything. And then, you know, we'd found him like lying in strange places. Like he'd go into the bathroom, into the corner of the bathroom and, and like sleep in there in the middle of the day when you couldn't find him. And it just was really abnormal for him. So uh, we'd taken him to the vet maybe like two times. And by the time we got to the vet, he was like bounding in there and he was fine. He'd like, back to health and they were like yeah he's fine there's nothing wrong with him oh my goodness yeah it was so strange and it happens a couple of times and then we took him to the vet when it was really bad he wouldn't eat for a couple of days and I noticed that his gums were like kind of not pink oh he was just lying at the front door he was acting really strange 
So when we took him to the vet, they were like, the only option really is to do like an abdominal scan. And when we did that, they found a mat on his spleen and they had tested it. So we had a week to wait. This was like in May 2021. And they tested it. And when they came back, they said it was the hermangiosarcoma. And we then did all of our research and, and realised, you know, this is really not good. And the prognosis they gave us, they said one to three months without chemo or with chemo up to kind of nine, ten months. So I just wanted to ask, his gums were pale when you first brought him in, but they didn't suspect an internal bleed? That's why they did the abdominal scan. That's why they did the abdominal scan? Yeah. Okay, so his gums were pale. Yeah. Which prompted an abdominal scan. Yeah. And then they found a mass on the spleen, but they didn't remove it at that time. They did no, it. No, they did. Sorry, they did. They removed it right away. Oh, okay. They removed the spleen and they tested the spleen at that point to see if it was like a cancerous tumor or not. Okay. And then we got the results after that to see that that's what it was. So, yeah, we decided to give him chemo. We're like, yeah, we could give him some extra time. Let's give it a try. He had one dose of chemo and he was so unwell. He oh. it was it was awful. He ended up going back into the vet hospital for three days after his chemo to get fluid and he stayed there for three whole days. It was such a shame and we thought we were gonna lose him at that point because the chemo he took such a bad reaction to the chemo. So we decided obviously then he came out of that fine and we decided not to continue with the chemo. And we were just gonna have to accept that he had one to three months and be healthy rather than put him through that again mm -hmm. so yeah that's where we were and Richard my partner he had been he likes to research everything like so deeply he went online and he found this other dog on YouTube she had the same cancer was given a couple of months to live and she was pregnant with puppies oh no I know awful so awful but she they, they gave her this special diet. They gave her medicinal mushrooms. It's like a keto diet, you know, like people with cancer and stuff swear by the keto diets to shrink tumours. So this dog on YouTube, she had all these tumours and they gave her this diet and these mushrooms and she lived a healthy, happy life. She gave birth to all these puppies. They were all healthy. Like So we saw that and we're like, right, that's what we're doing. We're not doing chemo. We're going to swap to this diet. And we have been so strict with this diet ever since. And what, we're 20, 23 now and Buddy's still crazy, still alive. Buddy's still with you. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So I've never been able to get anybody to fully explain to me how a keto diet is different than the general dietary guidelines that Dr. Dressler, for example, recommends. Other than usually people don't want to do any grains at all. Yeah. Dr. Dressler says you can use brown rice and steel cut oatmeal because they have cancer fighting properties and that slow release of carbs doesn't spike blood sugar. But there are some people who do keto who say, oh, no, you can't do that. And then there's other like vegetables that they use, but sometimes it's raw and sometimes it's not. So when you say you used a keto diet, what is the diet that you have been really strict with Buddy about? He gets no carbs. Um, even down to the, the vegetables that we use, like low-carb veg, I like, you know what I'm talking about, proper diet, but like, you know, they say some carrots and corns can digest into simple sugars. So like even I don't give them yes. them. He gets broccoli, spinach, parsley, cauliflower, 
and then just meet like chicken, sometimes mint, like high fat mint, and then lots of oils. So like coconut oil, he gets cottage cheese. What else do I give him? Garlic, ginger. Yeah, he gets all the goodness. Okay. <laughs> so like high fat protein. So it sounds like Dr. Dressler's diet without the oatmeal and the... Yeah. Okay. And the brown rice. All right. Sometimes I'll give him brown rice. We kind of try to not give him brown rice, but sometimes I do give him that. I think that the diet that we're following that this that other dog on YouTube had, they do get brown rice. Mm-hmm. I think we must need some sort of, of fiber. So like depending on how his stomach is like when he goes to the toilet and stuff like that I might then add in the brown rice but he does well on this diet and he eats it up he loves it he gets so so much veg so much protein and it must be working I guess (laughs) yeah so what else have you done besides this diet that's genuinely and the mushroom adding in these mushroom drops Uh uh-huh so he gets his mushroom drops twice a day and that's it that's it also I think as well at Christmas last year, so a year ago, um, Richard got me a puppy for Christmas. At this point, you know, that was the year that Buddy had been unwell in the May and we were already way past how long we thought he was going to live and he still was really happy and healthy and he bought me this puppy and I was at first nervous because I'm like, oh, is this going to work out? Because, you know, Buddy's not been well and this yeah. and that, but he was happy and Buddy's healthy. Buddy's was given one to three months, six months ago. Yeah. Do we really want to introduce a new stressor into his life right yeah, now? Yeah, and make him unhappy and in his space because bulldogs, they, I think they don't really love to share the attention, do they? they? A lot of them like to be the only dog. So that really worried me bringing another dog into the mix. But I think she has had such an influence on him being full of energy like the two of them run around crazy all day long they're best friends they sleep together he kisses her feet i mean they're so Aww. cute they're so cute what's your puppy's name lady <laughs> lady what kind of dog she's a dashing really sausage dog oh i mean they look hilarious together because buddy is huge and she's not <laughs> right it's a bulldog and a dachshund that's good yeah they're such an unusual little duo but they get on really well and they play well it was very nerve-wracking at the beginning because he weighs about 30 kilos and she was tiny as a puppy please can break her <laughs> but um no they're good and I, I genuinely think that's had a huge impact on his health as well because it's kept him he used to just lie about the house rather than ever like you'd go and walk there and again but He's quite lazy by nature. So she's given him this new lease of life. And he's always, yeah, running around. It's good. Oh, that is amazing. So we're recording this in January of 2023. But he was diagnosed in May of 2021. Lady came into his life <laughs> in at Christmas 2021. Yeah. So they've had just over a year together. And you think he's really thriving on the keto diet, the mushroom drops. And ladies love. I think so. That are just a, an all-round medical of some sort. <laughs> we never thought we would even see Christmas last year. And then he turned six in April. I mean, he'll be seven in four months. In just a few months. Yeah. And that he was diagnosed just like after his fifth birthday. Oh. And we never, ever thought that we would get like this this far. So much time. Mm-hmm. And he's still... It's crazy. And see, when he was unwell, we could tell after the chemo and stuff that he, when he wouldn't eat, 
because Buddy loves food. That's when you can kind of tell that he's not well when he won't eat his food. But he is like so quick at eating his dinner. He's got such a good appetite, loves to run around. So yeah, I think he's still doing really well. Have you had follow-up scans to take a look and see if there's anything still there? We did the first year. So so we diagnosed in May. We had our first scan in the September. After we'd stopped the chemo, we were like, right, let's check and see what's going on. And there was no tumours formed. There was nothing there. And the vets were like, wow. And then we had another one again that year in the November. Same thing. He was all clear. Since then, we haven't had another. We just decided not to, for a couple of reasons, really. When he goes in for his scans, he has to be sedated. It takes him a few days to come around after. And it seems, I just felt really bad for him every time we did that to him because he was so tired. He was out of it for a couple of days, didn't eat properly and stuff. And if they were to find something, we're not going to put him through chemo again. So we kind of made the decision just to see how he goes and like he has been doing so well so we haven't felt the need to do that so yeah we're just taking each day we'll see how he goes but I don't think we'll we'll do that again. It sounds like Buddy doesn't do well on drugs in general because he's even having a hard time with the anesthesia yeah for an ultrasound which is not a general anesthesia it's just a light anesthesia so I would think that it's wise to kind of back off on on those pharmaceuticals for him. And yeah. it sounds like the first surgery took out the primary tumor and it, at least till now, just hasn't metastasized. So you guys have a cancer-free dog at the moment. Yeah. I would say we read a lot. About, this is wonderful. <laughs> we read a lot about the hermandrosarcoma. Obviously, it's in the blood cell. So they say it's a matter of time before the tumors start to form and things. So basically we're like, all we can do is just be really strict with this diet, make sure he doesn't get any carbs, don't give, because we saw that something online that said that cancer and tumors feed on carbs. Some do. So just avoid that as much as we can, give him the best food, all the super foods, the mushroom drops that are clearly working and just keep going with that. And he seems to be happy and healthy. <laughs> And just giving him a great quality of life. What else do you guys do for Buddy's quality of life? So he has, obviously, he loves Little Lady, but um, Richard's parents have three dogs. We're staying with them just now, actually. There's five dogs in the house and they are his best friends. (laughs) That's officially a pack. (laughs) <laughs> they're so funny together he just runs into the house when when we weren't staying here we would bring Buddy and Lady around here if we had like a day out or something and it was like his happy place so we'd be like I think Buddy's not been to see his granny for a while let's take him around to granny's house and this is his happy place <laughs> oh, he likes a wee walk now and again but um, you kind of have to drag Buddy to the park to be honest but when you get him there, he he enjoys it. <laughs> oh, once he's at the park, he's fine. He just doesn't like the journey. Yeah, once he's at the park, you take him off the lead. He'll run around. He's got looks like he's got a big smile on his face. He, he's happy. Um, but to get him to the park, it's so funny. You have to really drag him there. <laughs> I don't understand. I think it's a bulldog thing. They're very stubborn. Very stubborn. I've never had a bulldog myself, but that is my understanding is that they have their own ideas about the way the world should work. Oh, 100%. And they have the heft and the strength to enforce those ideas. <laughs> it's so funny. Sometimes like my neighbors used to laugh at me. They'd see me trying to get Buddy to the park and I'm physically putting all of my might into 
<laughs> to drag this dog to the park. He's so heavy. That's yeah, like, I'm glad you can master <laughs> Buddy's walks, but it sounds like it's... I've managed to get stronger, I think, just from pulling him to the park. <laughs> also, I sometimes I'll take little treats in my pocket <laughs> oh, yes. and try and coax him to the park by, um, by giving him some biscuit. <laughs> Does that work? Yeah, he's quite greedy. Likes a biscuit. <laughs> okay, well, that's good. What do you give him for a biscuit? Oh, so um, we have these superfood treats. We get them from Costco. Uh huh. They're like little discs. They have beetroot and omega three, and he loves them. That's great. He really likes them. And um, beef, there's beef ones, chicken ones, and they're not like kind of gravy dog food treats. So yeah, I'm even strict with them with the with the treats. All the goodness. Do you cook for Buddy? So I used to kind of batch cook him. I would make all the chicken, make all the veg, and then sometimes he would get a bit of an upset stomach. I don't know if it was because I would put it in like a Tupperware dish and put it into the, the fridge. And then sometimes that didn't really work for him. So now I'll cook him the veg, but I just buy the cooked chicken. Sometimes like a whole rotisserie chicken and then just bake it up and give it to him. Sure. But no, I don't know if, because if, I don't eat meat, so I don't know if it's because I, I didn't know how to cook the chicken oh. properly or something. Or, <laughs> I don't know, but a couple of times... Leave that he, to the professionals. Yeah, I thought I'll just I'll just buy the meat, I'll cook the veg, and that'll do. <laughs> That's wonderful. And yeah. I, most dogs like that rotisserie chicken. Yeah. Most humans do too, right? I mean, it's delicious. Oh, he goes crazy for that. Yeah. And I have to, as a non-meat eater, I have to pull it off the bone and stuff I'm like I'm doing this for you buddy uh-huh. <laughs> right <laughs> and he goes crazy for that chicken that's so wonderful buddy is lucky to have you you're one of those people who take your dog guardianship very very seriously yeah. <laughs> and do a lot of work on all levels right like it's physical work but physically tracking him <laughs> yeah. it's you know overcoming your own like not liking to handle meat, but you do it for Betty. And look at the results that you're getting. Yeah. A happy and healthy dog. He's worth it. He's, it's really wonderful. You've seen his face, haven't you? He's just, I just give in to that face. Yeah. So cute. I would do anything for that. <laughs> Hold that thought just for a moment while we take a quick break to listen to our sponsors. And then we'll be back with Buddy's True Tale. And now a message from your dog. Oh, every day with you is like a day at the beach. And I want as many beach days as possible. Oh, I want to run. I want to sniff. Ooh, I want to find a good stick to carry. Oh, I want to roll in the grass. Oh, and warm my belly in the sun. Oh, I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want ever pop. The green, glassy beef liver smell wakes my senses. Oh, you may not realize this, but it tastes like homemade gravy. <laughs> it infuses any food you give me with healthy life vibrancy. Oh, <laughs> I can feel it. Ever pop traveling to every cell in my body, nourishing each one. I'm so grateful to be your dog. And for the ever pop you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. 
But to get the best price possible, join the EverPup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup, every day. If your dog has cancer, you need to get a copy of the best-selling animal health book, The Dog Cancer Survival Guide. Because no matter what you've heard, there are always steps that you can take to help your dog fight and maybe even beat cancer. At nearly 500 pages, this comprehensive guide is your complete reference for practical, evidence-based strategies that can optimize the life quality and longevity of your dog. It's written by two of the most respected names in dog cancer, full-spectrum veterinarian Damian Dressler and veterinary oncologist Susan Ettinger. With the Dog Cancer Survival Guide, you'll learn everything that you need to know about conventional treatments, surgery, chemotherapy, and radiation, including how to reduce their side effects. You'll also discover the most effective non-conventional options, including nutraceuticals and supplements and diet, as well as mind-body medicine. What I love most about this book, which I've used with my own dog, Kanga, when she was diagnosed with cancer, is how to analyze the options and develop a specific plan for your own dog based on your dog's type of cancer and your dog's age, your financial budget, as well as your personality. You can get the Dog Cancer Survival Guide wherever books are sold, but if you get it direct from the publisher, you will save 10% when you use the offer code, especially for listeners of this podcast. Just go to dogcancerbook.com, and when you check out, use the promo code PODCAST, and you will save 10%. The website again, dogcancerbook.com, and use the promo code PODCAST to save 10%. I want to let you know about an important newsletter. It's called Dog Cancer News. Now, with a name like that, it is not for everyone. But if your dog has cancer, you will want to subscribe. That's because every issue features articles that will be helpful, such as low-carb dog cancer diet recipes, new clinical trials, financial resources to help pay for cancer care, information on supplements, and lots of other helpful info that your veterinarian may not know or have the time to share with you. Also, when you subscribe to Dog Cancer News, you will get a weekly update on the topics covered on this podcast, along with links and resources. So how much does Dog Cancer News cost? Well, today, you can subscribe for free. It's our gift. For a limited time, you can get a full year's subscription for free, no strings attached. Just go to this website to sign up for the newsletter now, dogcancernews.com. It takes less than 10 seconds to subscribe, and it is totally free. Do it now at dogcancernews.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. 
Get in, loser. Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. And we're back with Laura Gillespie. You pay very close attention to your dogs and you really listen. Obviously, they're not speaking the English language, (laughs) but they're speaking to you. They're communicating with you and you're listening. So what is your highest and best advice for those who are listening to us today about how to cope with their dog cancer journey, whether they've just been diagnosed or they're somewhere farther along in the journey? Yeah. I mean, I can only go by our experience because we, it was a complete whirlwind with Buddy's journey, but what really helped us, I would say, is just kind of research everything that you can. Maybe don't rely on the prognosis. I've read so many stories about how dogs can super surpass the prognosis. And if you accept that that's how long they're going to live, we tried everything with this diet and we thought, right, this is going to work. This is going to work. And that was our positive mental mental attitude if we just thought oh he's got one to three months to live and and just accepted that then I guess your dogs as well can sense your mood if that makes sense like if you don't have that positive attitude they'll pick up on that like if you're crying and upset and accepting that that's it for them so yeah I guess stay positive do your research see everything you can and from our situation I would say look into diet as well and mushroom Thank you so much for being with us today, Laura, and for telling us Buddy's true tale. Thanks for having me. What an amazing story Laura has about Buddy. Just to go over a couple of the fine points that her story touched on, I wanted to bring in our producer, Kate Baisdow. Hi, Kate. Hi, everyone. Kate, as a licensed veterinary technician and the daughter of a veterinarian, you are deeply familiar with all the things that Laura and Buddy have gone through, along with Richard, Buddy's dad, and I suppose Lady, Buddy's puppy. One of the things that really pricked up my ears was her mention of if we had just accepted the one to three months prognosis, that we would have been so sad and we wouldn't have tried to do anything new or different and we wouldn't have had Buddy here with us. I was thinking about how the number that veterinarians use when they give a prognosis is a median number. It's the median survival time. It's not an average number, and it's not a definite number. And so I thought it would be worth talking about that a little bit because Laura's exactly right. You should not accept those numbers as the truth because they're not even intended to be the truth, right? Yeah. Because the number that they give, that median survival time or the prognosis, is probably the most likely outcome. But you're not guaranteed that, and you're not guaranteed only that. 50% of the dogs will last less than that time, and about 50% will do better. Some only a little bit better, some dramatically better, like Buddy did. When you hear that number, you want to consider it and be realistic about the odds that your dog will be one of the exceptional ones that does spectacularly well for a long time. But you can also have that hope right, that your dog might be one of the ones who does better and gets at least that time, if not more. 
And when you get the prognosis at that time, you don't know which 50% your dog's going to be in. It is not known. It's something that you will only know once that milestone is passed. And so in my mind, at least for my peace of mind, the way my brain works, I take that and I set it aside as being like a mile marker on the road, like mile marker Mm. one month, rather than dreading it. It's just a signpost. It's not something that means anything in and of itself. It's something to notice as it goes by and then to say, and now we don't know how much longer this road lasts, but we can take from our dog's signals, like Buddy is happy, taking walks somewhat reluctantly, but still walking, playing, eating, and otherwise healthy with no recurrence on the scans, at least not so far. So we're pretty happy with his prognosis because he has well passed that milestone of one to three months. He's now well over a year and a half. Yeah. And yes, he's in the lucky, I call it the 50-50 day. The median survival time is their 50-50 mark. And he's in the second 50, which is wonderful. But he could live a lot longer. Yeah. There's nobody has a crystal ball who can tell you what's going on with your dog. Yep. And the other thing that I really love about Buddy's story is how they tried chemo because it could get you better odds and a better prognosis. But then when it didn't work out for Buddy, they said, we're not going to keep doing this. Because that's another one of those things where you never know how it's going to turn out until you try. And I think a lot of us tend to think that if we decide to pursue chemo, we are fully committed to that path and we're stuck and you're not. Right. If your dog is one of the unlucky ones like Buddy who doesn't tolerate chemo well, whether it's a particular drug that's a problem and you want and you end up switching protocols if there's other options, or if you do like Laura and her partner did and drop chemo completely, you only know how your dog is going to handle chemotherapy if you try it. That doesn't mean you have to try it with every dog and it because every case is different. But listen, talk to your oncologist and your veterinarian about your dog's condition and what the options are going forward. And know that if you do try chemo and your dog really doesn't handle it well, you absolutely have the option to regroup and redirect and change tactics. That's right. Depending on how severe those side effects are, most dogs tolerate chemo really nicely. Yeah with manageable side effects, if they have any at all. The goal that a veterinary oncologist has is not to have side effects. Yeah. Vets don't like seeing sick dogs. (laughs) No, no, no vet likes seeing sick dogs. And so if a dog doesn't do well, they will adjust doses for the next round, or they will switch agents to something that they think the dog might tolerate better. Or if the symptoms are really severe, they'll say, we're not going to get any better results, so we're going to stop altogether. The vet oncologist is not fully committed to chemo either. They don't go in thinking, we're going to do 19 rounds of chemo or we're going to do six rounds of chemo. This is all trial and error because every single dog and every single cancer case is different. There's no one-size-fits-all treatment. So your point is well taken that if we can afford and are comfortable with trying chemo, We should go ahead and try it if the numbers are what we want, right? Like all of those things are are your own personal decisions to weigh. Are the odds good enough? Am I going to get enough time 
Do I have the budget for this? Do I have the financial budget? Do I have the emotional budget? What kind of aftercare will I need? Can I deal with side effects if they arise? All of the personalities, issues that people have, like sometimes people just really don't want it from their own experience or watching another human loved one. I've had dogs I would never put on chemo just because I know that they would not be happy going to the vet that often. And then I have other dogs where, yeah, sure, I would have because they would have been fine. They like going to the vet and they wouldn't have associated any side effects with the vet. Yeah. They would have had those happen later at home. It would have been okay with them. So you got to make your choice based on at this moment, what do you think is best? And then know that you can make a new choice later. And that is okay. And not only okay, but expected. It's part of the cancer journey. Absolutely. This is just such a really, really special story. And I love that Laura and Richard are so, so in love with Buddy and they take such excellent care of him. Clearly, he's thriving on that keto diet that has very, very few or no grains whatsoever. Some dogs do really well on that kind of diet, anecdotally, from what I've seen. My dogs never did well on a diet without grains when they had cancer. They just had no energy. They needed that extra calories and those healthy carbs. So that's a whole can of worms that we will be talking about a lot over the coming years. All these different dietary plans and patterns. And again, I'll just say here, Kate, I'm going to just go with what's right for one dog might not be right for another dog. And there is no one size fits all. Absolutely. And it's totally okay in pretty much every aspect of your cancer journey with your dog. If the first thing you try doesn't work out well, it's okay to regroup and try something else. Medicine and biology are not perfect exact sciences, and every individual has individual different factors that come into play. And so a lot of the time, the best plan for one dog that's going to be a miracle cure isn't going to work at all for another dog. So it's okay to adjust and make changes. Absolutely. 100%. And I think that is so beautifully illustrated by Laura's true tale about Buddy, because even the change of bringing a new puppy into the house she tried it and it worked and uh, she trusted her gut. And I think that's the bottom line is that you know your dog and you know yourself and you know what you can handle and what they can handle. So trust your gut when it comes to cancer, just like any other part of being a dog parent. Yep. Get all the information, talk to your vet, and then trust what you feel is best. Right. And know you can make a new choice if you need to, that you'll be adjusting and adjusting, and adjusting. Mm-hmm. And that's that's just the way it is. Well, thank you, listener. If you have a true tale you want to share with our listeners, please let us know. You can send us an email, or you can call our listener line, 808-868-3200, and tell us your true tale, and we'll get in touch and see if it makes a good show so that other people can learn from your wonderful experience with your beloved dog on your cancer journey. I also want to remind you that Dog Cancer Support Group is here for you. We're on Facebook. You can search for Dog Cancer Support, or you can go to dogcancer.com and follow the link there to get to our Facebook group, Dog Cancer Support. Lots and lots of Laura Gillespie's there, all ready and willing to help you think through things, give you their own true tales, and help you to cope with dog cancer because it is an emotional journey. 
Thank you so much for listening, listener. I'm Molly Jacobson and here with Kate Baisdell. From all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, we're wishing you and your dog a very warm aloha. Thank you for listening to Dog Cancer Answers. If you'd like to connect, please visit our website at dogcanceranswers.com or call our listener line at 808-868-3200. And here's a friendly reminder that you probably already know. This podcast is provided for informational and educational purposes only. It's not meant to take the place of the advice you receive from your dog's veterinarian. Only veterinarians who examine your dog can give you veterinary advice or diagnose your dog's medical condition. Your reliance on the information you hear on this podcast is solely at your own risk. If your dog has a specific health problem, contact your veterinarian. Also, please keep in mind that veterinary information can change rapidly. Therefore, some information may be out of date. Dog Cancer Answers is a presentation of Maui Media in association with Dog Podcast Network. Does the act of taking paper to pen and writing help to heal a broken heart after your dog dies? Sheila Cooperman says yes. She joins us on Dog Cancer Answers to tell her true tale about Tucker, her dog who died last year from lymphoma. Sheila shares how writing about him is helping her heal not only from his loss, but from other heartbreaks as well. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts and at dogcancer.com slash podcast.